Okay, I'll start by reading Acts 20, 17 through 38. Now from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, You yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews. How I... Um, how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable um, and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance towards God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and affliction await me. But I do not account my life to be of any value nor as precious to myself. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel, to the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold, I know that none of you um, among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God, Pay attention, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among yourselves, from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw you uh, to draw away the disciples after them therefore be alert remembering that for 3 years i did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears and now i commend you to god and to the word of his grace which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and those who were with me. In all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. And there was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and kissed him, being sorrowful most of all because of the word he had spoken 
that they would not see his face again, and they accompanied him to the ship. Peter's in China now. He has been for two weeks. It was not easy to let him go. I knew he needed to go because his mom was ill. Really, there was, there was, uh, would not have been anything that I could say to hold him back. We joked about not traveling in balloons. Um, I have no control over the future, but God does. God also has control over the lives of our, um, the, has, also has control over the lives, our lives as, um, uh, sorry, <laughs> God also has control over the lives of our sons, I missed a word, um, as they make decisions for their lives. We pray that they will not forget the gospel that they have heard and will turn in repentance and faith to Jesus. As Paul said in his farewell message to the elders um, of the church, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, not fear, but the hope of his grace. Of course, I will, Lord willing, see Peter again March 16th and also pray for the right words to say as we gather during Easter weekend to witness our son Daniel's wedding. For, for Paul and the elders of the Ephesian church, this was a final farewell. There are eight messages in Acts messages to Jews and Gentiles, and also to government officials. In Jan's lesson, we saw how Paul spoke to the Gentiles who had no knowledge of a covenant God um, of the Old Testament. Paul's message to those Gentiles began with God, the Creator, and the need for repentance. Before we um, saw Paul addressing the Jews and the God-fearers, and with them, um, he used the Old Testament to show them that Jesus was the promised Messiah. The message in our text today is the only message in Acts that is given to the leadership of a Christian church. Here Paul gives a pastoral message rather than his usual evangelistic message. Paul didn't go back to Ephesus after spending time in Troas, encouraging believers there. And by the way, in Troas, he gave an all-night training course. Eutychus um, sat in a window trying very hard to stay awake during this training, but he fell asleep, fell out of the third-story window, and died. Paul took him by, took him in his arms and said, there is life in him. The people of Troas were not only encouraged by Paul's training in the word, but comforted by his care for them. After sailing to a few more cities, they went past Ephesus to Miletus. The reason given for um, 
bypassing Ephesus is that Paul was hastening to Jerusalem to get there by Pentecost. Paul had had sent for the elders at the church in Ephesus to meet him in Miletus, which was about 30 miles from Ephesus. In this chapter, Paul is nearing the end of his third missionary journey and heading for Jerusalem that will set the stage for his fourth and final journey, his journey to Rome. With pastoral care, Paul began his message to the elders. Our theme is through the suffering servant, the saving gospel spreads. Just as Jesus came to serve and not to be served, Jesus' followers serve the Lord by serving others. Just as Jesus brought the saving gospel through his death on the cross, his servants will find his servants will find suffering comes with sharing the gospel. Jesus tells his disciples in John fifteen twenty, Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. So the gospel was taught through suffering. Acts twenty seventeen through 21. Suffering and serving the Lord. Paul's life was poured out for the people as he taught the gospel. He called the elders of the church in Ephesus to come to Miletus so Paul could instruct them one last time. There are three terms used in this passage that means church leaders. Elders refers to a mature person that's selected to lead the church. In Acts 14.23, we learned that they appointed elders for them in every church. Um, in verse 28 of, of this chapter, Paul calls the elders overseers, a term that is sometimes translated bishop. In verse 28 and 29, Paul calls uh, uh, Paul talks about feeding the church and calls the church a flock. The elders are also shepherds, and the word pastor means shepherd. Paul begins his message to the Ephesian elders by calling them to remember how he ministered to them from day one. Paul didn't wait to gradually start his work among them. He got right to work. Trials came from the Jews opposed to the message of the gospel, but still Paul preached anything that was profitable. He didn't shrink from preaching the full gospel, even though it offended some. Remember in Acts 14, we learn that Paul and Barnabas... um, were strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. That's Acts 14.22. Sometimes we're so afraid of what the reaction will be that we fail to be intentional in our witness to the gospel. We hesitate to speak. 
we shrink back from speaking the eternal, eternally profitable gospel. We think of self rather than the selfless example of Christ. Just like our church's aim is to know Jesus and make him known, Paul also wanted his ministry to show Christ in all he came in contact uh, to all he came in contact with. He taught both publicly and in private homes. He called himself a servant of the Lord in many of the letters that he wrote to the churches. Here he describes himself as serving the Lord, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears in Acts 20:19. This serving was done with humility. Paul didn't um, come to preach for his own glory. As we learned from the sermons on Sunday in 1 Corinthians 2, Paul came in weakness, deciding only to know the gospel of Jesus Christ and him crucified. The focus is on Jesus who died on the cross to save sinners. Jesus was Paul's example of humility. To the Philippian church, he writes of Jesus in Philippians 2.8, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Paul was preaching the full gospel, which included repentance and faith teaching repentance and faith to all. One commentary said the description of the gospel can be more expansive, but it cannot be less than repentance and faith. These two elements are present in the apostolic gospel from Peter's sermon at Pentecost in Acts 2 and throughout the rest of Acts. Though repentance and faith may be stated in different ways, they are foundational to the gospel message. Paul did not compromise the message of the gospel. A compromised version of the gospel is not a saving gospel. Sin must be turned from, and that is repentance. The repentant sinner turns to God's irresistible irresistible call and is given the gift of faith. Without the fruit of repentance, there is no evidence of faith. Paul finishes reminding them of how he worked faithfully among them for three years and begins to talk to them about how God is leading in his future. The gospel lives through suffering, and that's Acts 20, 22 through 24. The spirit leading to Jerusalem. The phrase, and now, shifts the emphasis from his past testimony to the present. Paul now shares with the elders that the spirit is leading him to Jerusalem. In city after city, the Holy Spirit had witnessed this message to him. Paul didn't look for some way to escape the prompting of the Spirit. Like Jesus, he was obedient, even though he knew the dangers in Jerusalem. 
He was too gripped by his calling and his devotion to Jesus to look for a safe way out. Paul did, would not quit. He would go to Jerusalem to die for Jesus if necessary. He knew that he would suffer in Jerusalem. In Acts 19.21, we read that um, now these things were finished. Paul purposed in the spirit to go to Jerusalem after he passed through Macedonia, Achaia, and say, saying, after I have been there, I must also see Rome. Desire to finish well, which sounded a lot like my dad's last few months. Um, Paul desired above all to finish well. The phrases, my life, my course, the ministry are key words in this passage. Um, in Acts twenty twenty four, Paul states, but I do not consider my life of any account as dear to me so that um, as dear to myself so that I may finish my course and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify solemnly of the gospel of the grace of God. He did not see his own life as a precious possession like we um like we see also in his letters. In Philippians um, one twenty one, he says, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. What did it matter? Uh, what, what did matter was that he should accomplish his course by faithfully performing the service which had been laid on him by the Lord at his conversion, namely to preach the gospel of the grace of God. He also knew that the completion did not necessarily depend on him. He needed to faithfully finish his share of the task. With another and now phrase in Acts twenty twenty five, he shifts from... Um, it, he shifts to the future of the elders continuing the ministry in Ephesus. He warns them against false teachers. The gospel guarded against apostasy. Acts twenty twenty five through 31. Paul knows he will not see the elders again. He has been faithful in teaching them. He has a clear conscience. Innocent of the blood of all, he says in verse 26. Um, whether, the gospel, whether the gospel he preached is accepted or rejected, Paul has faithfully carried out what God sent him to do. Uh, he was faithful in teaching the gospel, and now the elders must guard the gospel he preached to them. So he tells them to be on guard requires constant diligence, like guarding your house from the invasion of bugs, banging a broom on the floor, like the hotel clerk did in China, will not stop the invasion. 
<laughs> they need to be systematically exterminated. The elders must guard the flock. They are the shepherds guarding with the saving gospel Paul had taught. Like the, like the shepherd in Psalms 23, guarding with a rod and staff against predators. Paul knows that fierce wolves will come to lead the, the flock to false gospels. It is interesting to note the sheep who know uh, the sheep who knows the voice of the shepherd will not follow another voice um i i really like um kenneth bailey's books um and he wrote a book called the the good shepherd um and he said the sh good shepherd leads me he does not drive me there is a marked difference in egypt there is no open pasture land, um, and he, Kenneth, has um, seen the shepherds driving their sheep from behind with sticks. But in the open wilderness of the Holy Land, the shepherds walk slowly ahead of his sheep and either um, plays his 10-second tune on the pipe or, more often, sings his unique call. The sheep appear to be att attracted primarily to the voice of the shepherd, which they know and are eager to follow. If the gospel continues to be taught as it was taught to them by Paul, the sheep who learn this gospel will not stray, but the shepherd must go ahead of his flock and confront the wolves that, um, that so that the weak aren't led astray. And here I want to say I'm so thankful for the discipleship in our church. Um, and I'm also thankful for um, the, protect, the protection our elders give us from what divides the church as, um, as we have seen recently. Um, Jesus um, Jesus had compassion on on his. Oops, that's, whoop, sorry, that was one of my little notes. <laughs> um, Paul emphasizes the importance of their task. Um, these wolves are among them, and as well as um, on the outside, and the sheep they are guarding are purchased by the blood of Christ. They are under the, under the shepherds and will give an account to the good shepherd for how they um, have guarded his flock. The phrase, the church of God, which was purchased by his own blood, is hard to translate. Um, but the rest of Paul's teaching make it clear that the church was purchased by Jesus' blood. Remembering the three years of training. They had three years of training. They were not new converts. Paul had worked tirelessly with them to prepare them to be alert and guard against false teachers. 
He worked with them like a parent who lovingly pleads with her child not to forget what they have um, been taught as you send them off to college. And another and now phrase is in verse 32. And we now see a shift to the confidence Paul has in God and his word to protect them. The gospel trusted brings comfort, Acts 20, 32 through 38. God will continue to work in them. The word of of his grace is built, uh, I'm sorry, the word of his grace is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all uh, those who are sanctified, verse 32. Sanctified, made holy, set apart for God's service, devoted to God. Paul was not wringing his hands because um, he knew the elders were in God's hands. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. That's Philippians 1, 6. God will provide. Paul was an example of God's provision. He was also an example of working hard to meet his own needs and the, and, um, the needs of the men who worked with him. He was never a burden to them. He was an example to them of helping the weak. He is not saying here that pastors have have to be bivocational. Paul is addressing pastoral care and telling them um, to remember how he treated them. They should also serve selflessly. Silver and gold and fine clothes were accepted forms of wealth and status symbols in the ancient world as they are today. Provide for the weak. Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Um, That's in verse 35. It is better to give help than amass wealth. In Galatians 6.10, Paul writes, Do good to everyone, especially to those who are of the household of faith. After Paul's message to the elders, uh, after Paul's message, The elders prayed with Paul. Though there is hope for believers, there is still sorrow. Their beloved Paul will probably face death. Paul then walks to his ship. Paul's... Oh, there. Okay. Paul's ministry reflected the gospel of the cross following Christ on his path of suffering for the sake of others. Reading Paul's desires to finish his course um, becomes even more profound when we read his farewell words in 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future, 
there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all those who love his appearing. Are we ready to follow the good shepherd on the path of the cross, the path of suffering? Jesus has gone before us and has taken away the sting of death. We must simply follow his voice and know he will be with us to the end and he will give us our inheritance with him when we finish our course.